All right, what's up, guys? So, uh, I wanted to start this episode off by saying thank you to everybody who shot out questions last week. Um, if you haven't seen that episode yet, um, you can check it out on YouTube or on the podcast. Um, it is just basically me answering a bunch of submitted questions about training. Uh, exercise selection. There was a lot of kettlebell stuff on there. I'm probably going to do another episode coming up pretty soon on like powerlifting and raw strength. Um, you guys know that I've been into kettlebells a lot lately. Um, don't forget that uh, I got a heavy, heavy powerlifting and strongman background. You're going to see a lot of that stuff coming out pretty soon too. So thank you everybody that submitted questions there. Um, thank you to everyone listening right now or watching right now because without you checking this stuff out, this would still exist. It would just be out there to nobody. It would just be silence. So thank you for checking this out. I super, super appreciate you and uh, I hope that I can bring some value today to you with this podcast. So uh, this last week I put out another question on Instagram and uh, I put it out on Facebook and I was just taking people's questions on nutrition and supplementation because um, I've also got a heavy background in precision nutrition certified. Um, I used to do nutrition coaching. I was head of nutrition services back in New York and uh, it's something that I don't really do a ton of anymore nutrition coaching just because uh, I personally believe that being a good nutrition coach is really just being a good lifestyle coach and uh, it really has to do with accountability because everybody knows that like chicken and rice and broccoli and all that is good for you. Everybody knows that ding-dongs and ho-hos are probably not. So really what they need is less of somebody to tell them like, hey, these are the things you should eat um, and more of you should just go ahead and do it. So um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into the nutrition episode of the podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Bare Bones Radio. I'm going to start off with a, a question from Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea is a yoga instructor and also a member here across the SoCo. And uh, if you haven't checked out the hot asana stuff that they do downtown, if you're local, check it out. It's super cool to stretch. I talked about this on my last podcast to stretch when it's super hot out. It's pretty awesome. Um, she asks, something I've wanted more info on lately is timing of pre and post workout nutrition. What to eat macro wise and when to eat it. Um, I wanted to start today with this one because I feel like this is super important. Um, I'm going to preface everything I say, and I'm probably going to say it multiple times, that nutrition depends. It really depends on you. Everybody is completely different when it comes to what's going to work really well for them, but there are some underlying factors. So her question was uh, pre and post-workout nutrition. Now, I'm going to take this in two different directions. The first is going to be if you are training and lifting because you want to get big and jacked and stronger and put on size, then your pre and post workout nutrition is going to look a lot different than if you're doing it for like uh, just athletic development or if you're doing it because you just want to drop some LBs, right? So I'm going to start with drop some LBs. Most people want to come into the gym and they're like, hey, uh, the gym is cool. I love doing it. I'm held accountable. I just want to look good naked, right? So how do we look good naked with pre and post workout nutrition? How does that help us? Um, first off, I would say, don't be afraid to invest in your training. Okay. So if you're coming into the gym and you're like, man, I'm here to like burn calories and I want to get super lean and shredded, getting super lean and shredded has to do with your overall nutrition throughout the day. Okay. Are your calories low enough to get you there? Um, but also maintaining muscle mass. Okay keeps your metabolism up. 
So you want to make sure that while you're in the gym and you're doing things to keep the muscle mass up, okay, your nutrition reflects that. So if you come in and it's like 11 a.m. and you're going to hit this killer workout, this Metcon, whatever, lift, and uh, you don't have any calories in your body, you're probably not going to get the best workout. Okay, So don't be afraid to uh, invest in your training, meaning eat something before you come in. Now, we can look at macro-wise what macro gives us energy realistically unless we're on like a ketogenic diet that's going to be a carbohydrate okay and out of all carbohydrates out there i'm sure a lot of people have heard of like there's complex carbs and there's simple carbs that just means like how easy it is your body for your body to break it down okay how available is that energy and the simpler the carb the more available it is that's why runners have those like goo packets that's basically just sugar that's super absorbable like a glucose basically like a diabetic would have and it's a fast absorbing sugar and your body uses it for energy. It's what it wants for energy. So use that to your advantage, that knowledge that if you're going to come in and train, you're going to want some fast energy. So personally, I like a banana before training, um, applesauce packet, an apple, stuff like that. And we're talking like 30 minutes before because it gives me a little boost of energy. It might be like 15 to 25 grams of carbs, which isn't a ton, but that energy is going to be used immediately and you've invested in your training. Now your training is going to be kicked up a notch because you feel that much better and you're going to get after it more, right? Um, chances are if you're listening to this or watching this, you are not the kind of person that is a cardio bunny and you're probably not on a treadmill or on an elliptical all day long. Um, you can see like the gym that is behind me here. A lot of us hang out in places like this and do things that are super functional. So we know that um, whether we've read the science on it or not, we know that this type of training lends itself to what we call a greater post-workout exercise, uh, oxygen consumption, all that nonsense that is science-y. Basically, it just means that working out like this burns calories at a higher rate longer than being on the treadmill. We know that, and we've experienced that. So it would stand to reason that the better workout you get and the more uh, intensity you can bring, whether it's like weight-wise or uh, you're just feeling good and you're going to move faster and get more work done, right? you're going to burn more calories later on. So you've invested in it by taking those calories ahead of time to get a better workout, which then basically is here where I'm going there. So that would be pre-workout nutrition. We could back up a little bit more with that and say that if you're going to eat a big meal, okay, and uh, most of your meals should probably look like protein, veggies, and a carb, depending on time of day, we can get into timing a little bit too. Um, you should probably do that like an hour and a half to two hours before, so you've got time for it to kind of like settle and like go down and go into the poop track and all that stuff so that way you're not trying to like digest those things and uh, you don't get any GI distress or like that rock gut as you're trying to lift or whatever and then you run into the bathroom before the workout starts. Okay, So get that stuff sent through your system early on. Um, I wouldn't take in a lot of fats uh, unless you're on a ketogenic diet, which people are different. We'll talk about that too. Um, I wouldn't take in a lot of fats directly before training because they take longer to digest and they'll sit in the in the gut and then training really is like a fight or flight thing so adrenaline kicks up and you get ready to go and you get ready to ah and body processes kind of it slows down that and it tries to excrete things right so you don't want all that stuff sitting in your gut um that was that was pretty in-depth but uh post-workout nutrition okay recover 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 that's what it is it also depends on the time of day so we're still talking about the person that wants to come in and burn calories and get super lean and shredded and look like da -da 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 on the abs for, uh, um, for summertime. Um, Post-workout, you want to recover. Do you still need energy for your day? 
Okay. Uh, do you, is it 6am and you finish your workout and then you got to go about the whole rest of your day and be like mentally cognizant, you should probably get more carbs in you. Okay. Um, do they all need to be simple sugars? No, a little bit will probably help. Okay. Like another banana. Um, hear those noises. Um, ghosts in here. Um, anyway, another banana might help. So I like to make a shake that is, it's got a banana in it. It's got some peanut butter in it. Um, I use whole milk in mine and I use whey protein in mine. That's because that banana is a quick carb to kind of replace what we've lost. And then protein is for recovery. Okay. So I think post-workout nutrition really should be centered on how do I recover from what I've done? Okay. Which is train. And what am I going to go about and continue to do for the rest of my day? Is it nighttime? Did you just finish your workout and it's 8 p.m. and now you're going to go home and like take a shower and go to bed? Um, then your post-workout nutrition should probably just be protein-based. Maybe it's lean meat and some veggies. Maybe it's a little bit of stir-fry, uh, something like that. I will include, and I'm going to get into, well, we're in the gym because we want to get jacked and gain muscle. So I'm going to get into the idea of... Um, uh, that, that post-workout window of opportunity. And I'm going to kind of skip around with questions a little bit here too because it kind of goes hand in hand with some things that some other people have asked. Um, somebody had asked uh, protein, like whey protein, protein supplements, are they necessary? Um, there's this myth. So those of you that don't know, I used to work in a supplement company. I managed a supplement store for a friend and uh, I spent a long time in that industry learning about it and learning about like what works and what doesn't and just trying to be as educated as possible so I can bring that stuff to you and I will tell you that the supplement industry does a lot to try to convince us that what they have and what they deliver to you is absolutely crucial. And if you don't take it, you're going to like fade away. You're going to be like skinny fat for the rest of your life and uh, everybody's going to hate you. So not true. Um, that's really just something they put out there to try to sell products, right? They're still in sales. So I'm going to tell you this, this whole idea of this post-workout uh, window of opportunity where they're like, hey, your body can metabolize more protein right now. It can synthesize it a little bit better. You need to take in a post-workout shake immediately upon finishing your workout or you're going to deflate it enough and not have any muscles. Not true. Okay? Um, the reason they say that is because, yes, your body can synthesize a bit more protein at the time. But listen, like you got, you got some time to recover. Okay? You're probably not going to come back to lift again for 24 hours, 36 hours sometimes. And if you're going to take the day off the next day because you're super sore, because you're trying to build muscle and recover, then listen, if you finish your workout and then you go home and then you take an hour and then you eat a meal that's high in protein, you're probably still good, okay? So we are talking about pre-workout nutrition now for the people that want to gain muscle. You need to make sure that if you want to gain muscle, okay, all the effort that you put in, the work that you do is leaving you telling your body, to adapt, to gain muscle, not I need to burn through the stuff that I have. That means we are in a caloric surplus. It means that we've eaten enough so that all of our energy needs are met, okay? The energy needs of like lifting and lifting and squatting and deadlifting and all that and our, our needs to create the energy to do those things are met, okay? So that way beyond that, the extra calories we take in, namely like the protein and all that stuff, can go towards creating muscle. I'm gonna give you a real quick breakdown of this. You ready? You need energy to lift, okay? If you don't take in enough food, aka energy, to do that, okay? Carbohydrates to do that, 
the other stuff you take in, I don't care how high your protein intake is, your body will take that protein and it will turn it into a usable energy source. Gluconeogenesis, create new glucose, glucose is carbs. Okay, it'll take that protein, chop off a nitrogen, make it into a usable energy. Then all of a sudden that protein is not available to be a building block of muscle and to help you recover. Follow? Track? Okay, so what we need to do is eat enough carbohydrates so our energy needs are met. So that way the protein that we're taking in can actually go ahead and help us recover. Which means that we probably don't need as much protein as we think, okay? Um, I'm like 220 pounds, I don't know, I haven't stepped on a scale in a while. Probably about 220, 225. Um, I try to eat a little over 200 grams of protein a day, okay? Because my carbohydrate intake is high enough and my fat intake is high enough that I've got enough calories to support my energy need so that way the protein I'm taking in goes towards recovery, okay? Um, I don't need to eat 400 grams of protein a day. The body's not going to use all that, okay? You're probably going to have a high nitrogen balance. You're going to be peeing some stuff out. Um, you're not going to die. You're not going to pee blood. People aren't going to hate you, okay? Uh, your, your food bill is going to be a lot higher because protein's more expensive. But um, eat enough carbs, okay? So if you want to gain muscle in the gym, make sure you've got energy in the body available. Okay, so morning, I work out in the morning and I want to make sure I've got energy available so that way when I go lift, I can gain muscle and get super strong and jacked and all that fun stuff. Morning meal is going to consist of complex carbohydrates, oatmeal, things like that, to go ahead and, uh, somebody looking through the window out here. I'm, I'm recording a podcast. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I don't know who that was. Um, somebody just walking by. Um, uh, anyway, sorry, let me get back to this. Uh, a lot of homeless people out here come by and, uh, they knock and they're trying to get in and stuff. Big homeless population out here. Anyway, morning meal, complex carbohydrates, long lasting energy, banana, short, fast energy. All right. So that way you've got all this glucose and these carbs and all this glycogen, and everything running around inside you. So you've got a lot of energy that's going to happen like within an hour the time I start training. Sometimes I'll even bring a banana with me and eat it during my training to keep that up because my goal is strength. My goal is size. My goal is power. My goal is to just be as big as I can and stay relatively lean at the same time. Post-workout nutrition, eat, eat, eat. If you stick to real foods and you don't use bulking as an excuse to get fat, you won't get fat. Okay, don't eat everything in sight. Don't be like, hey, I lifted heavy today. I'm going to eat pizza and tacos and wings and beer and all this stuff all day long. You're going to get fat. Okay, uh, you don't want to get fat. You want to get strong and you don't want to look like you want to look like. Ah. So I would go ahead and make sure that all of your food is a real food source as much as you possibly can. We're talking like uh, meat, veggies. It doesn't necessarily have to be lean meat. Eat steak, eat um, 80% ground beef. It's cheaper. I get it. That stuff adds up. Um, lots of veggies because they're good for you. Um, carbs should be in the form of like rice, oatmeal, potatoes, stuff like that, and fruit. Really, if you stick to those things, you eat your face off and meat, veggies, fruit, and good carbs, you're probably not going to get super fat because it's going to be pretty self-regulating, right? You're, it's going to be really hard to overeat on like burgers and potatoes or ground meat and potatoes with a bunch of broccoli in there, you're going to probably stop when you're full and you're probably just going to go ahead and start packing on size meet your energy needs and your protein needs. So I hope that kind of answered your question and cleared things up a little bit. Eat for what you've done, what you're about to do, 
Remember that carbs are energy, use them appropriately, and you'll be okay. That is pre and post-workout nutrition. I'm going to move on. Uh, I want to talk about supplements now uh, rather than later and get that out of the way because I know a lot of you are on this podcast listening now because of the supplement talk, and I'm going to be super real with you, all right? Supplements, in my opinion, are a waste of money for people who have not gotten down the basics, okay? That being said, the basics are, am I eating the right kinds of foods? Am I not eating garbage? Am I eating them at the right times? Am I training appropriately? Am I sleeping enough, recovering enough? Am I, um, you know, just making sure I have enough energy and my head is right and all those things. If that's true, okay, then you're probably not going to need supplements because you're going to feel like you've got your shit together because you've got a lot of energy and you're recovering and nutrition's working for you. You're probably not going to need them anyway. If you're not doing those things, if you're not sleeping enough, if you are, your nutrition is garbage, there isn't a supplement in the world that's going to save you and make it better. Supplement, okay? Add to, that's the word supplement right there. Add to good nutrition, all right? You uh, put like a, I don't even know, I don't know a ton about cars, but like, like okay, Fast and the Furious, NOS, nitrous oxide, NOS, you know, when they hit the button and they take off and put that in this old car I had, which was a, a 95 Civic hatchback that had like 90 horsepower, okay? That is not gonna make that Civic hatchback win races, okay? That is a supplement to something that it should be good to begin with. Now, if you give me a car that is super fast, like a, I don't know, not even like a Lambo or anything, but like, we'll stick with Honda Civic. Give me a brand new Honda Civic that's like got a good engine and all this stuff or S2000, Hey, I'm probably going to tell you like, yeah, that NOS would make that car faster, but I'm pretty good with that car. I probably don't need that to supplement that. I'm probably like, hey, this car is good enough. I'm not going to waste some money on nitrous oxide in this car. Okay. So the analogy there is if you get the basics down and you make your body a better machine, you probably don't need to supplement with these things. Okay. Common supplements that are okay. Okay. Protein powder. Okay. Go for it. Don't waste money on big, expensive brands of whey protein powder. I go to Costco. We buy the Optimum Nutrition Gold Standard Whey because it's like like 50 cents a serving. You get this giant bag that barely fits in our cupboard, and a scoop is 20 grams. And that's awesome because I throw it into shakes. We throw it into like, um, like Kodiak cake mix. We make pancakes. We'll put some in there. Um, quick word on that. If you're baking with whey protein powder, be careful because it breaks the bonds. Okay, and uh, it causes some like some gassiness in you when you eat it, and it's not as effective. So try not to, to heat up whey protein powder too much. Um, there are other types of protein powder you can heat up, like collagen. Um, that can be a whole other episode talking about those things. But um, supplements that I think are okay for people to have um, are protein powder, because a lot of us have a difficult time meeting our protein needs. If you are super on top of your nutrition and you're eating a ton of like meat and stuff all day long and dairy and you're getting a lot of protein, maybe you don't need a protein powder. It's supplements. It really depends on where you're at. Simple rule, let's go like body weight in pounds, a little bit less than that in grams of protein a day. I'm 220. I try to eat about 200 grams of protein a day, a piece of uh, chicken the size of my fist or um, a burger about the size of my palm has about 25 to 30 grams. So I know that like if I eat, I don't know, six servings or something like that okay there's my quick math for you this morning on one cup of coffee but i know that like i'm probably getting pretty close to my protein needs through meat okay um other supplements 
Okay, and the reason I got to this question, actually, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ryan Murphy. He's on Instagram as McMurphsky. Okay, um, dude is a soft lead HQ or a soft lead athlete. Um, I met him actually at uh, Rob Orlando's cert, which was our CrossFit Strongman. I had the opportunity to go kind of intern and help run that cert with him. And uh, Ryan had come out from Massachusetts to take that in, uh, in Connecticut. And um, it was cool. So I met him there. And then uh, I actually met him again because he came to a competition that we hosted in New York. So we kind of connected on that. I've seen him open a gym and he's been super successful. Um, he's gained a ton of strength. And I asked him his questions and what he gave me. And he was like, you know what you should talk about, dude? He's like supplements. He's like, you ever seen that like starter pack where somebody's like, I just joined the gym and now I've got everything under the sun that BSN makes. And uh, I've got a free shaker cup that I'm going to walk around with and a gallon of water. Those people that still haven't gotten the basics down but are relying on like like sipping whatever pre-workouts and stuff like that, that's what spawned this question, um, that would spawn this chat about supplementation because I feel like people are very, very misled by advertising. And advertising is there for a reason because it sells products and it sells shit. And uh, it's probably not worth it, okay? Pre-workouts, super high caffeine. Typical pre-workout, 300 milligrams of caffeine, standard cup of coffee, like 95 to 120, okay? Now, I'll say this, a cup of coffee is like not the cup of coffee that I drink, or this giant thing, but like a cup, you know, like an eight ounce cup of coffee, typical serving, has like between, give or take 100, 120 grams of, uh, milligrams of caffeine in it. So if you drink a giant cup of coffee, you're probably getting about as much caffeine as these pre-workouts, some of them go as high as 400 milligrams, which could be up to like four cups of coffee. It's crazy. I drink a lot of coffee, but like, man, I'm not in it for the caffeine. I'm in it for the flavor. I just love coffee. So um, I feel like that overdoes it. And I used to get these like, my heart's just like, what do I do? And it's like shaking in my chest. And it's like, Bleh. and I was like, this is not good. I do not want to die an early death. And I don't want to have like AFib. And I don't want all these like things going on with my heart. It doesn't know what to do because uh, all this like energy coming in through it. So... I cut that out completely. The other things that are in there, um, a very typical one is a niacin. So if you ever take pre-workout and you feel like the tinglys and you're like, oh, I feel it, it's working. What you're feeling is a flush, a flush sensation. That's what niacin does to you. And it creates that tingling feeling and that is the I feel it compound that they put in there so that you'd be like, no shit, I feel it, it's working. It's, what it's doing is working and making you feel that sensation, right? That's all it's doing for you. Okay, so niacin isn't really anything that's like performance enhancing. Um, the other thing would be beta alanine. So beta alanine might help a little bit. There hasn't been a ton of studies that I truly believe in that really make it worthwhile. But beta alanine can help with like a little bit of muscular endurance stuff, but not enough to really spend the money on it, I believe. I think a banana is going to have a better better uh, result for that. The other thing they put in there is uh, creatine. Okay, or crealkaline, or creapure, or like crea just made the shit up, or whatever, like some derivative of a creatine. Creatine monohydrate is the one supplement outside of food-based supplements that I will say will work. Now, I repeat, creatine monohydrate, okay? That is one simple ingredient. It is called creatine monohydrate, okay? There's only one way you can get that, and it's as creatine monohydrate. Okay, hopefully I've said that enough. So if you go buy something that is like 30 or 40 bucks for a bunch of little pills, it's probably not creatine. 
monohydrate. Okay, it's probably some derivative that they're like, it's pH balanced, it's buffered, it's blah, 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 it can uptake. All that has not been studied, okay, as extensively as creatine monohydrate, which is a naturally occurring thing that we have in our body. A lot of, some people have higher levels than others. And basically what that does is it helps you in this like second energy system that a lot of us use, which is like sets and reps, okay? Think like bodybuilding, six to eight to 12, powerlifting, one to three to five, things like that. Things that take longer than that explosive energy is that second energy system. What creatine monohydrate does is it helps us create more, to put it bluntly, like this ATP, this energy, it helps us create that for a little bit longer, it extends that energy system a little bit, okay? That's what it does, okay? Um, uh, the, the issues are that people have taken those studies, okay, and now they're taking the effects of being able to train for an extra rep or five extra pounds, and they've taken the effects of that, which are, hey, if you can do an extra sets and reps and you're recovering correctly, you're probably going to gain muscle, okay? So like creatine, proven to help you put on muscle. And now the problem is people are taking creatine and they're pounding it and they're like just expecting to put on muscle. You got to understand what it does. It works, but you got to understand what is it meant to do? What do you want it to work for? It increases your muscular endurance a little bit after it's been loaded in your system, okay? So that's another fallacy. People are like, dude, I took creatine today and I just felt wild and I got this awesome workout. Not true. That is a placebo. That didn't happen really in your body that happened in your mind okay what happens with creatine is it loads into your system it builds up over the course of a week or two that's why there's these loading phases where they want you to take like um like 30 grams of uh, creatine that's the idea is to try to load it in okay you're not going to absorb all that you're not going to use all of it five grams a day it's usually a scoop of creatine taken with a carbohydrate because carbs spike your insulin and it tells your body to draw the sugars and the stuff that are in your bloodstream into your cells. And if other things are in your bloodstream with it, like creatine or protein, it draws that into your cells also. Okay, that's how we use carbs to our advantage with protein shakes and creatine and stuff like that. That's why the old school dudes were like grape juice and uh, creatine, monohydrate. That's where the grape juice came from. They just needed a sugar spike so it would come into their cells. Um, five grams a day, every couple of months, Take a week off or so to make sure that you're not like overloading this stuff. Um, probably not going to have too many negative effects. If you're drinking a ton of water, you'll be fine. Creatine, monohydrate, not any bullshit pH buffered, Creelk, balanced, whatever, super mega dosage stuff. Okay? They like to put that in pre-workouts. Now imagine this. Now that you know about creatine, now that you know that creatine has to be taken every day in a small dose to stay in your system... Do you work out every day? Are you going to take pre-workout every single day? Okay. Are you going to want to take a day off here and there? Probably. Okay. Now, if the only place you're getting creatine is in your pre-workout and you take a day off, are you going to take pre-workout on your day off to continue to get creatine to keep it in your system? Probably not. They put it in there because now they can say it has ingredients that have been clinically shown to increase muscle mass over the long term. Okay? It doesn't mean that their ingredients and their dosage and the way you're going to take it is going to do that for you. Okay? And this is the snake oil, smoke and mirror stuff that happens in the supplement industry. They're not lying, but they're letting you deceive yourself. They're okay with you believing that um, cause, effect can happen, that their product is going to be the catalyst to that when it's not always the truth. Okay? 
Um, so what I started doing is I started drinking coffee, and if I want creatine, I take creatine monohydrate. That's it. You know how much money I save from not taking pre-workouts? We had a pre-workout, like a typical pre-workout, 50 bucks for like a month's supply? 50 bucks a month? Come on. Like, what else can you get for 50 bucks a month? Hey, like, there's a lot of things. That's like a third of a car payment. Like, think about like your mortgage payment or your rent and stuff like that. 50 bucks a month, hey, is a hefty uh, payment when you could just drink coffee and get creatine monohydrate, which... Here's how you know if you're getting creatine monohydrate. You're probably going to get like 300 servings of creatine monohydrate. This giant jug is probably going to be like 15 bucks. Okay. That's like less than 20 bucks a year for creatine monohydrate. That's that's how cheap this stuff is. Okay. And that's what you should be looking for. So pre-workouts, drink coffee. You can drink my coffee if you want. I got a coffee brand, Bare Bones Coffee. Ask me about it if you don't know. It's just coffee. It's just really delicious coffee because I love coffee. Okay, and uh, creatine monohydrate, whey protein. Beyond that, all the rest, not worth it, man. Okay, um, I got a couple other questions here. I definitely deviated. How? What are we doing here? We're about half an hour into this, so I'm gonna kind of breeze through some more of these. Uh, I think a lot of them I probably answered anyway. When should an athlete consider subs supplementation? Okay, depends on the subs. Depends on the goal. It depends on how dialed in you are. If you are completely 100% dialed in and you want to take a supplement, like a vitamin supplement, and you're like, man, I'm not recovering well enough, first ask yourself this question, okay? If you're not recovering well enough and you want to take something like a glutamine, which is supposed to help recovery, should you be working out that hard, okay? Do you need to work out harder? Are you training for something? Are you competing at something where you have to push your body past its normal ability to recover with proper sleep and nutrition? hydration, okay, to the point where you need extra recovery? Or is your body trying to tell you something? Because if you're not competing, you're just like, hey, I just want to get big and jacked. And I know it's going to take a long time. Play to your body's ability to recover, right? I can recover at this level. Don't go way up here above it. Okay, work out to the level train to the level that your body can recover from. And then you don't need all that extra stuff. Okay. The caveat is, if you are competing in something, um, Outside of recreation, like if it's your job, if you're a paid athlete, a professional athlete, then everything should be super dialed in. If it's your job, man, own that shit and dial in your nutrition 100%, okay? And then if you need to supplement with like glutamine, fish oil, all that stuff because it's not recovering to the level that you need to perform your job, then you could talk about extra supplementation, okay? Otherwise, dude, save your money. Um, take your wife out to dinner or something with the extra money that you would have spent. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, let's see, hit some of these questions. I'm going to drink a little bit of water while I look and see. Oh, Craig, Valhalla's Training Academy. Craig, he's a coach out there. That's a gym out in uh, England that I follow. And uh, dudes are pretty cool out there. Valhalla Training Academy. How cool does that sound? Okay. Um, training for Valhalla. His question was, Currently 25% body fat, would love to get to 15%. Any pointers? Yeah, totally. Um, I would say that if you know that you need this many calories or you have been eating this many calories and things haven't been changing, drop the calories down a little bit. Simple as that. But I would drop them down. I would keep protein high. Okay. I would make sure that you're filling up. So the hardest part, I mean, that's super simple to say, right? Drop your calories. Why doesn't everybody do that and get lean? Because we get hungry. 
okay? Because we're still training like we're trying to get jacked and strong and capable because that's what keeps our muscle and keeps our metabolism. And the problem with that is it makes us hungry. Our body's like, feed me, you just did all this work, okay? So what we need to do is we need to look for food that is high in volume but low in calories, okay? High volume, low caloric density. This is where veggies come in, my man. Lots and lots of veggies, okay? So think if you take like a serving of protein, like ground beef, ground turkey, whatever you throw in a pan, and you put enough stir-fry veggies in there to fill up this giant plate, you are gonna be full. Your calories will be down, okay? So you're keeping those things in check by eating enough volume of food to feel satiated, okay? But we're not filling up on things that also have the calories to go with it because uh, those of you guys listening on the podcast, I'm making this thing, this, uh, this motion the size of a dinner plate, okay? If you've got this much food and you're getting like 40 grams of protein and like 30 grams of carbs because it's all fibrous vegetables like broccoli and carrots and beans and peas, not, not bean, but like split peas and stuff like that in there, okay? You're getting all this fiber and all these veggies and your calories are probably at like three to 400 versus if you had a plate that size, and you got this giant heaping thing of like potatoes and rice and all that stuff. The volume of food is the same, but you've taken in way more calories, okay? Volume of food should stay up while caloric density goes down, keeping the protein super high, okay? I personally, and everybody's different, have found great success when it comes time to lean out. I'm just focusing every single meal I eat around lean meat and veggies, lean meat and veggies. I'll throw fruit in around my training, okay? But lean meat and veggies all day long. Breakfast, okay? I'll eat some eggs, a couple eggs. Um, I probably won't put any extra meat in there, but uh, maybe throw a couple extra egg whites on top of the whole eggs and throw a bunch of veggies in there and make an omelet out of it. Lunch might be uh, ground beef, ground turkey, leftovers from the night before, a bunch of veggies, okay? Or put it on top of a salad uh, with like some grilled chicken or something. Dinner, big heaping portion of meat, bunch of veggies. Snacks throughout the day are going to be things like carrots and hummus, going to be things like uh, an apple, a banana, throw some things in there to keep my energy up, okay? Otherwise, lean meat and veggies all day long or a day, going to get you nice and lean today, okay? Um, yeah, I'm going to leave that question there, Craig, hopefully that helps. I'm going to move on a little bit. Uh, Vin, my buddy Vin from back in New York, um, super in tune with his health, wants to know about hemp protein powder. He says, it is exponentially more expensive than uh, a whey or a, an animal-based protein powder. He says, the way he worded the question was like, the body digests it better, question mark. I think he's asking me if the body digests it better and if it's worth it. And I think that's kind of where we're going with this question. How I'm going to answer this one, I'm going to start with, I don't know jack shit about hemp protein powder, aside from the fact that it's a plant-based protein. Okay, so I'm gonna base this answer off of lumping hemp protein powder in along with plant-based protein powders, not soy-based protein powders, but plant-based protein powders, okay? Um, and uh, if anybody's a, a vegan out there, hopefully this little segment will help you a little bit too. So we take in protein because we need the amino acids, okay? There is a certain amount of amino acids that we need. There are essential amino acids and then there are uh, amino acids that our bodies make already. Okay, and they come together complete. The ones that we don't make and the ones that we do make, we need all of them to, uh, to create a complete protein to be able to be those building blocks, an effective brick for building what we need protein for. Okay? When we eat a, an animal-based protein, such as taking in a meat, dairy, 
eggs, fish, poultry, whatever, an animal-based protein. Now, whey is animal-based because whey is made out of dairy. Casein is animal-based, uh, egg-based protein, all that stuff is animal-based. It has a complete amino acid profile, meaning it has all of those little amino acids that our receptors want to take in so we can use that protein completely. Okay? The only issue with plant-based proteins is they often don't contain all of those amino acids together, so they are not a complete protein, which is why a vegan or plant-based protein will often have multiple kinds of plant, like pea protein, carrot protein, uh, hemp protein, all those things mixed in together because they are complementary proteins, and with all of those together, they now have all of those amino acids, okay? So um, I would be leery of a plant-based protein that is a single source because it may not have all of those amino acids. That's all, okay? Um, otherwise, that's really the only issue and the reason why, um, from a, a protein standpoint, that an animal-based protein might be better than a plant-based protein, okay? That being said, I know vegans, my brother's one of them, uh, Rick Glue, if you're out there listening, another one, Sean LaPlante, you guys uh, do it really well. You do veganism really well in being vegetarian because they understand that they need complementary proteins. Like rice and beans have complementary proteins, okay? Uh, vegetarians are typically a lot higher carbohydrate, so if you are trying to drop body fat, um, I don't think a vegan or vegetarian is the way to go, okay? But if you're already pretty lean, and you want to stay healthy and stuff like that, and you're not trying to like pack on a ton of muscle at once, um, I'm staying vegan or vegetarian, go for it, right? If you can live life without steak, not this guy, okay? If you can live life without steak, that's your choice, dude, and uh, you can do it the right way. Um, so hopefully that kind of answered your question, Vin. Um, if you have to take a protein powder because you, we can't hit that with our normal intake of meat, I think that a hemp protein powder, if it has supplements in it along like a, like a pea protein, and a rice protein, all those things rolled together to keep it vegetarian and it has a complete amino acid profile, it will work well, okay? Um, the other part of that question was uh, about it digesting better. Um, probably what we mean is like if we have issues with like dairy-based stuff, we might not be able to take away protein. So that's one way that a plant protein might come in a little bit better if we've got some like lactose issues and some, some tooting issues from taking away. Um, the other thing is like uh, protein synthesis, okay? Do we use it all? Probably not, okay? I think uh, as Americans, we take in more protein than we can use, especially if we go to like an all-you-can-eat meat restaurant where they like bring steak and steak and steak and steak, probably taking more protein than you can use. So, um its ability to synthesize and use it all is a, uh, a concern, okay? But I'd say not a big enough concern that if you're gonna break the bank to buy hemp protein powder, I think keep it simpler and I'd rather see you just buy some extra ground turkey or an extra like fish or something like that or some shrimp, okay? All right, dude. Um, I have way more questions than I'm gonna have time to answer today, so I'll probably do another podcast episode middle of the week. Um, I'm going to go to uh, my good buddy, Adam Lawless, who uh, just moved to Massachusetts from New York to take on a job with Vistaprint pretty high up, which is pretty sweet. But Adam is always following along with everything I've done. Thank you, dude. Really appreciate that. Um, like t-shirts, hats, programs, all that stuff, and asking really good questions. Adam had a ton of questions. Um, a lot of them were training-based, so I'm going to save them because I'm going to do another training episode and gear it towards like strength and building and power and all that stuff coming up soon. So Adam, I'm going to save the rest of your questions for that. But he's got a few that um, I think I can touch on here that have to do with nutrition. 
let me just uh, take a sip of water and scan down through the list here. Um, let's touch on some alcohol questions. There's a good one. Adam asks, what food should I avoid and are there alcoholic drinks I can have that won't cancel out my gains? Okay, let's get into this one. Foods we should avoid. Okay. Somebody else asked a question. Oh, Gary. Knuckle Up Barber Gary from Gentleman's Corner Barbershop had asked me, he goes, um, top foods that are actually poison. So that goes along with uh, Adam's question of what should, food should I avoid. Um, I'll tell people from a basic standpoint, if you could take a plate of food, now I probably heard me say this before guys, but like if you could take a plate of food or food and, and, and like give it to your grandmother and she could have given it to her grandmother and her grandmother, her grandmother like 200 years back, that last great, 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 great grandmother would take that food and look at it and be like, oh, thanks, dude, that's food. I know what that is. I've seen this before. It's food. But if she looks at a Pop-Tart 200 years ago, she'd be like, I see the shiny foil wrapper that reflects the sun on my face. I have no idea what that is. It looks like a mirror. And inside is this really odd, like colorful. I have no idea what that is. If it is unrecognizable as food hundreds of years ago, probably avoid it. Okay? If... You, you, I'm sure you've heard this one. If you can't pronounce half or more of the things in the label, probably don't eat it, okay? If it, in its natural state, this food cannot sit out, okay, on a shelf, but you find a version that can sit out on a shelf, probably don't eat it, okay? Like meat from a vending machine. Probably don't eat meat from a vending machine, okay? Um, Cheese from a vending machine. Have you seen those like meat and cheese stick combos? How long have they sat out in the sunshine in this hot ass vending machine in the sun? Okay, um, you got like 30 days worth of just like baking. What do they put in that that makes it keep and look like cheese? Probably the same shit they put in McDonald's food that like French fries sit out for three years and still look like French fries. Okay, don't eat that stuff. That's probably poison. Um, other things that are probably poison. Uh, let me think here. Things that I would definitely avoid and probably not ever give my daughter. Um, juice, right? These drinks. Uh, so like soda. We all know that soda is garbage. Um, drinks that have a lot of stuff in them. I think you should drink water, coffee, okay? Black, okay? If you got to put anything in it, put a little bit of whole milk, or a little bit of almond milk or something. Not like synthetic sugars and all that. Just you be an adult, right? Stop eating things that kids would eat because they're yummy and you love them and they feel good in my tummy, okay? If you're going to eat like candy and soda and you're over the age of nine, okay, take a good hard look at your willpower and decide that you should probably start eating, stop eating garbage and getting Happy Meals and getting Big Macs and McDonald's and thinking that like Dunkin' Donuts coffee that oh, I'm going to drink coffee because it gets me going, but only drink it if it tastes like cake, okay? Be an adult and don't make those kinds of decisions, okay? Realize that we need to do some things that maybe aren't the most delicious. Got a little fired up about that one, okay? Coffee that tastes like cake and peanut butter cups and all that stuff and adults drinking it every morning on the way to work, okay? These giant sugar bombs, because it comes from Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, just getting my coffee. That's not coffee, that's dessert. Okay? You shouldn't drink that every day. That's poison. Moving on. Um, Adam, I'm going to touch on the rest of your questions in the next episode because they're all phenomenal training-based questions and a lot of his questions. So here's a little teaser to uh, watch the next episode after this one. Are gonna be, it's going to be built on 
bodybuilding, gains, gaining muscle, being powerful, getting strong, staying explosive, staying lean, staying mobile. It's going to be a really cool episode. I think a lot of people want to get into that one. So Adam, I'm going to get to your questions next episode. Um, I'm going to come back to Gary. Gary had some other good ones. He, uh, he wants to know if he can be on ketos and drink beer. Now, I'm going to approach this question in two different ways because I'm not 100% sure the way he was asking it. Be on ketos. Does that mean like taking a ketogenic supplement and intaking extra dietary ketones? Because there are supplements like Keto OS or things of that nature that market to people that are supposed to be in keto ketogenesis or ketogenic diets and all that garbage that um, they want like extra ketones for energy. Yes. Okay. 100% you will not die if you are taking in those ketos and you take in beer. Okay. Um, I guess it comes down to why are you taking ketones? Is it because somebody told you that they are good for you? They give you energy? And if that's the case, they're still probably going to give you some energy. They're going to give you some dietary value. And sure, you can still drink beer. Um, now it's going to come down to the specificity of your goal and why you're taking those ketones. If you're taking those ketones because you are trying to be on a ketogenic diet and be in ketosis, uh, beer has a lot of carbs. So like, Unless you're finding like a super low carb option, like a Mick Ultra or something, you're probably going to take in too many carbs and probably going to knock you out of ketosis. And uh, then that diet is no longer working for you. Okay, ketosis and uh, ketogenic diet is a, a really uh, tough waterway to uh, navigate. Okay, and there's a lot of like constituents that make it really tough to have this, this life where you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go on keto because I think it's really good for me and I want to lose some weight. But like, I also like my life the way it is. Like I like going out with my buddies, I like drinking booze and stuff here and there. Keto probably isn't the way for you. That's all. So it's just being honest with yourself. Like, do you really love beer? Does that make you happy? Does it improve the quality of your life because you are a more mentally stable person because you've had like two beers on the weekend with your buddies? Don't do keto. Drink beer and then just go on a diet where you're like, okay, the rest of the time I'm going to eat meat and veggies. And, uh, just make good choices like that. Um, he also wants to know if there's any nutritional value in beer. Um, nutritionally, uh, there, <laughs> there is nutritional value from the sense of like you're going to get calories from it. But value from the way that we use the word value, um, I'd say it's more of an emotional value. Okay, It's more of a mental value to beer. I love beer. I drink beer pretty often. I really feel better when I give myself that beer that is super dark because it usually comes along with like going out to a really sweet brewery and getting some nachos with my wife or hanging out with some buddies and having a beer, throwing one back, talking about the kick-ass training session we just had. And that is emotional and mental value. So I am not dogmatic and I would never tell anybody, dude, beer, you're going to die. Get rid of it. It's going to kill you. No, man. If you like, you probably shouldn't like be an alcoholic and all that nonsense. And if you are an alcoholic and you're listening to this and probably just disregard this whole beer talk. But like, I think beer has value. It has for um, hundreds of thousands of years that it's been around. I don't even know how long beer has been around. If everybody knows how long beer has been around, let me know. You know what I should do? I'm going to find somebody locally that runs a brewery. And I'm going to do an episode on my podcast all about beer, okay? And hopefully uh, we'll drink beer while we do that episode. Hey, 
this one's going to be fun. So watch out for that one too. I'm going to, I'm going to find a brewery and I'm going to do a, a beer episode and uh, I'm probably going to get tanked while I do it. So keep an eye out for that one too. That's going to be one you're going to want to watch on YouTube. But anyway, the value that beer has in society is phenomenal. We keep people happy to uh, that emotional value and that mental value. Okay. Um, he asked about plant-based being healthier and how can I still eat meat and be healthy. Uh, Gary, it sounds like somebody along the way has really convinced you that the only way to be healthy is with a plant-based diet. Um, I'm not going to disagree. I think that a plant-based diet is phenomenal, but it doesn't mean a plant-exclusive diet is the best way. Okay. So I got good news for you, Gary. You can keep your beer. You can keep your meat. Okay. Eat a lot of plants. Eat some meat in there. Probably more plants than meat. Have an occasional beer to keep you happy, and you're going to be rolling pretty good, my man. All right, hopefully that helps, dude. Thank you for those questions. Um, uh, the last couple ones that I'm going to get into here today are from Bailey. Um, she lives in Colorado. Uh, met her because her and her twin sister um, did a uh, canoe race alongside uh, me and my three buddies that all did a canoe race, and they're just mutual friends. Um, that 90 mile canoe race, which uh, I'm really going to try to get back to New York for again this year. It was uh, quite the experience to uh, canoe 90 miles in three days with some dudes. But she asks, she's like, and like, here's some female based questions, ladies. As a woman, I'm always wondering how much protein I should be eating because I want to lose weight and not be bulky. What are your thoughts? Great question. Great question. The whole bulky thing with females. Hopefully, in 2019, we put it to rest that muscle training for muscle as a female does not equal bulky like cupcakes and cake and margaritas and girls night out and bricks of cheese equal bulky okay bulk is fat bulk is not muscle okay hopefully i'm not bulky okay um took a long time to get bulky by the way okay uh so first off i'm going to tell you ladies try to get bulky through training okay not food try to get bulky through training you'll get super lean and jacked instead okay you'll probably get that physique you want protein is for recovery for muscles, okay? So if your carbs are to a point of just just enough to like give you some energy and you're eating protein to help recover so you're not super sore and you're not overeating, you're not eating to gain, you're probably not gonna get too bulky. So let me get a little bit more specific with this. Um, you want to lose weight, okay? So I'm assuming you want to lose body fat. People don't care about the scale as much these days. They just want to lean out. Okay, that's what we're talking about with losing weight. We want to lean out, so we want to hold on to muscle because muscle keeps us metabolic. You might not be trying to gain muscle, but you don't want to lose any of it. So we still have to help that muscle recover to a point of staying on our body and not becoming energy because our body's like, hey, I don't have enough energy. I'm going to break down muscle and use it. So we need enough protein. Ladies, I would say typically, let's go. I'm going to throw a number out there. This, there's not really science-based. This is experience-based. 80 to 85%, maybe even 90% of your body weight in pounds in grams of protein, okay? So you are a, if someone is a 150-pound uh, female, I would say like maybe 120, 130, 140 tops grams of protein, okay? If you're really trying to, to lose weight because what comes along with protein often is not just protein. If you're looking at like, hey, I'm gonna eat steak or burger or something like that and it's got that many grams of protein, oftentimes it has extra dietary fat in it which adds extra calories. Not that dietary fat is bad, 
but calories were trying to keep it down a little bit, okay? And uh, I would come back to a previous answer where I said try to fill up on lots and lots of veggies too, okay? Eat lots of lean meat and lots of veggies and uh, you'll be satiated, you won't be super hungry, and then you can go ahead and continue like high intensity exercise, some weight training, some like running, sprinting, stuff like that, and uh, still be athletic without losing muscle because then your metabolism goes down and then it's just like this like negative feedback loop. Okay, Bailey, good question, thank you. Um, she also says, I know that breakfast is important, but I find myself rushed and then hungry at lunch and don't always make the best choices. This is super common for people. Can you recommend some quick, healthy options for breakfast? Okay. Um, so she wants to eat breakfast. She's not avoiding breakfast on purpose. Okay. We just get like super busy sometimes. Um, I used to have uh, teens that would tell me this all the time in my teen class. And they would be like, I'd be like, what did you have for breakfast today, dude? And they were like, uh, nothing. I'm too busy. I'm like, not too busy. Okay. You're not too busy because you can. So here's a one quick, easy one. Crack an egg in a bowl. One egg, two eggs, whatever, one and a half eggs, if you like whites, throw it in the microwave, just stir it like every 20 to 30 seconds, and within like two minutes or less, you got an egg patty, okay? And then you can like throw a little bit of cheese, a little bit of hot sauce, or a little, like some veggies on top of it, eat an egg patty, it's a pretty good way. Um, grab a banana, make a protein shake the night before, a smoothie that maybe you put like some almond milk, uh, a little bit of peanut butter or almond butter, half a banana in and then you've got like some carbs some fats and some protein to kind of get you satiated throughout the day it's super common that people who don't eat breakfast on purpose get to lunch and are super hungry and make bad choices okay it's just our body being like hey man get me some food i'm hungry and then society and environmental standards have taught us that we get good quick energy through things that gas stations have okay so that's why we make those choices or fast food when we're super hungry um, this is also a, a caution I'm going to throw out to people that are experimenting with intermittent fasting. Okay, so intermittent fasting is curious to me because um, 20 years ago, if you were into fitness and your ma skipped breakfast, you were like, "Ma, don't skip breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. You need it." Now, fast forward 2018, 19, and all of a sudden it's like, "No, no." That same dude's like, "No, no. I don't eat breakfast. I intermittent fast every day." And all of a sudden, it's cool because we put a name on it, right? That's whatever. That's what happens in the fitness industry. Intermittent fasting, let me touch on that real quick. Um, can work. It can work because if you've only got six hours to eat, it's going to be really hard to overeat in six hours. And don't get me wrong. I could do it. I'll take that challenge. I could overeat in six hours. But if you're conscious of it and you're like, I spent all this effort not eating for – 18 hours, okay, I'm not going to throw it away by eating garbage, and then they try to eat healthy foods, and they just, their calories are down, that's just what happens, they end up eating fewer calories, okay, there's no real, like, magical, mystical thing that happens, they eat fewer calories, they eat better food, because of the effort they put into not eating for 18 hours, they don't want to throw that effort out the window, so they eat better foods, and they lose weight, it's great, it works, if you can do it, awesome, okay, um, that's really my rant on intermittent fasting. Do I do it? Uh, no, because I like eating. Okay, I'm one of those people that, like from the Snickers commercial, I'll turn into like a, a damn monster or something if I don't eat in the in the morning. And I just like my food; it just keeps me going. You gotta be very self-aware and see the kind of person that you are. 
and like Bailey's question, she says, I don't eat breakfast and I get super hungry and make bad choices at lunch. Intermittent fasting is not for her. She knows that. She should eat breakfast. Easy choices are things that you prepare the night before that you can grab on the way out. Something you can drink is a lot easier because there are fewer barriers between you and food, like chewing, okay, because you could just drink it and go on about your way. Is it the best choice? Probably not. But if you're honestly not going to sit down and cook a bunch of bacon or turkey bacon, eggs and omelets and toast and all that stuff because you don't have time, then don't try to be that person. Be self-aware and know that like a smoothie is probably the way you're going to go. Okay? Um, guys, this has been super fun. This has been a long episode. This is uh, coming up on an hour. And you guys that know me know that I could talk about nutrition forever. So I'm going to leave that there. I had phenomenal questions come through. Thank you. Um, episodes that we can look forward to for the future are going to be another Q&A, mostly with the questions from Adam because they're phenomenal questions, but I'm going to base that one on how do I get big, jacked, strong, stay lean, stay mobile, stay athletic, okay? Um, I expect to see probably a lot of uh, a lot of questions from the CrossFit community, people that are joined CrossFit without any prior experience to gym life, and they're like, hey, I see all these top-notch CrossFitters that are big and jacked, and I'm coming and doing the wad every day, and I'm not big and jacked. What's going on? We're going to address that, okay? Don't want so hard, bro. Eat more. Lift more. That's it. Um, we're going to have a whole episode on that. Um, and also looking forward to that you guys were heard me say it, just come to the epiphany that I want to do a, a beer interview. So I'm probably going to find a... Uh, a brewery here in Colorado. I mean, I could throw a stone in any direction and hit one. So I'll find a micro brew and maybe I'll do like a video tour of it and then sit and uh, probably get half tanked and talk about beer in general, like the processes of making it, nutritional value, all that stuff, dark beer, light beer, and we can all learn about beer together. So that's going to be a super fun one. Other things that I got going on, if you're not on my mailing list, jump on my website, barebonestrength.com. Okay, right at the very bottom of every page, subscribe to mailing list. It's free. I give stuff away. I give lots of information away. Every time I do a new episode, I'm looking for questions. If I got new things coming out, I send them your way. I try to make it more value. I don't really ask you to buy a lot of stuff because I just want to have you have the best experience with strength and fitness and all that fun stuff. Um, subscribe to the email. If you are on YouTube right now, Please subscribe to my channel. YouTube is super hard to grow. Super hard. I think I got like two dozen people that follow that are subscribed. Everybody else just kind of finds it when they put the link on there. Please subscribe to YouTube. It would mean a ton to me. Um, if you're on iTunes, subscribe. Leave a review. I could use a bunch of reviews. Um, if it's not going to be a five-star review, send me an email instead. Um, otherwise, uh, you're on SoundCloud, subscribe. Uh, follow my training, Instagram. I don't know, all this stuff that people could plug. If, if, you're, if you found this, you probably know about all those things already. Okay, if you're watching me on YouTube, um, I'm going to go and like do some farmer's walks here because I want to pick up something heavy. I might even do a couple deadlifts. Maybe I'll make a couple quick videos. Maybe I'll put that on YouTube or on Instagram. Follow along. Be a part of my Facebook group, and I will share training stuff. Otherwise... I'm super excited about the future, and I hope you are too. I hope you guys have a phenomenal day, and uh, I love you.